WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Hi, another Mets off day. Sal's on solo till 9 o'clock in the Sports Zone tonight. We've got a lot to get to before this big weekend in sports. And, you know, it's uh, obviously with baseball back, there's uh, so much excitement with both the Mets and the Yanks. And, of course, we'll do plenty uh, of that. But you have the Masters this weekend uh, as well taking place right now, as a matter of fact. And that's where I want to begin. And I'd love to hear from you throughout the course of the evening as well. 800-321-0710. And I should mention before we get started, there will be a pair of Mets tickets to give away as well. Uh, I haven't decided exactly what hour we'll do that. Maybe next hour. In the 7 o'clock hour, we'll give away a pair of Mets tickets. So you want to stay tuned for that. But 800-321-0710 is the number to call. You know, what happened to all the... And I'm not a golf expert by any means. But I do follow the sport, you know, occasionally especially for the big tournaments, and, you know, the Masters is the biggest, so you pay attention to that a little bit, and over the years, I've paid attention to Tiger Woods and Phil, and I could get into that, and I'm currently listening to the Tiger Woods book uh, by Armin Katayan and uh, another guy who I failed to uh, get the name of, but what happened as we watch Tiger now on the 15th hole uh, is four over for the day, or for, excuse me, four over for the tournament. What happened to Big Bad Tiger Woods coming back? I thought all the golf experts were telling everybody that Tiger was going to win this tournament or compete it. If you listen to this show regularly, Pete and I had this discussion a week ago, and you know Pete was saying, "Oh, Tiger's going to be, you know, come on, Tiger's going to be in there," and he's not alone. Everybody, the same thing. The betting odds favoring Tiger Woods. Why people would bet on Tiger Woods is mind-boggling to me. I get that you want to root for Tiger. I get that you like Tiger and you want to hope he could be what he once was. He's not. It's over. It's been over. One of the first things I remember debating when I started at SNY in 2010 was, will Tiger ever win another major? And believe me, that debate continued for many years. And I remember my answer vividly. No, he will never win another major. That was eight years ago. And every step of the way over the last eight years, oh, Tiger's healthy. Look out. This could be the year. Here he comes. Oh, no, this is it. It doesn't happen. And then again, oh, no, his back is healthy. Oh, he's really putting it well. Oh, man, the driver looks great. This could be it. And then again, it fails. And now this for certain. This was it. Right? He played well a few weeks ago. And everybody started to believe, oh, this is it now. Tiger is back. Wait till the Masters. Wait till the Masters. Vintage Tiger. One of the odds-on favorites, according to Vegas, coming into the tournament. Everywhere you look, I'm in a pool, a Masters pool, and I, I, 90% of the people have Tiger Woods as one of their four guys to uh, you know, do well in this tournament. It's based on average scores of the four guys. So, Oh, this is it? No, ti- no this is Tiger? Uh, well, what happened? What happened as he is four over, playing the 15th hole currently, And with the leader, Patrick Reed, 8-under, I believe you have to be within 10 strokes to make the cut. And I'm not sure of math or not, but it doesn't seem like Tiger is in good shape as far as making it to the weekend, let alone winning the tournament. He may not make it till tomorrow. Can you imagine the panic taking place at CBS right now? 
And Phil struggling too. Throw him in there. The two most likable, watchable guys. Now I know that's you know dating myself a little bit. I know Spath and Rory are going to be fun, and both those guys are atop the leaderboard right now. So it'll be a fun weekend, and it's the Masters, so it doesn't matter if it's a no name in there. But it helps when Tiger. I mean, of course, look at the ratings. I mean, the ratings are up already with Tiger Woods in there. Throw Phil in for old time's sake, and you have a nice little weekend. Tiger Woods not only is not going to win the Masters, as many, many experts and fans alike have predicted, he may not make it till the weekend. So the question I ask you is, when does it end? At what point do you take off the blinders? You have a blind spot for him. And I'm talking to the media, too. There's a love affair with Tiger. For the record, I am not anti-Tiger Woods. I mean, I'm a kid who grew up loving Tiger. I had a Tiger Woods poster on my wall. I have Tiger Woods um, Grand Slam bobbleheads in my you know old bedroom of my parents' house. I love Tiger. Remember playing the game on EA Sports, the Tiger video games, and you know he got me into golf. And then obviously all the happenings with the, you know, Thanksgiving uh, incident and Tiger being then exposed for a fraud, a a lot easier to uh, not root for a guy like Tiger Woods. But aside from whether you love him or don't, you got to be realistic here at some point, don't you? Take the blinders off. He's not the same. He hasn't been and he never will be. Eight years and counting. I mean, maybe even longer. I'm dating back to 2010. It's over. It's been over. You would think if he was going to come back at some point, it would have happened in the course of the last eight years. Oh, no, this is it. This is the time. No, no. Okay, sorry. That was a mistake. No, this is the time. Oh, no, wait. His back. Oh, no. Now his back was acted up. Now he's healthy. No, this is it. This is for real. This is it. He looks primed. He's ready to go. This is his masters. Get that green jacket ready. Get him sized up. Not happening. I understand to the disappointment of many fans and media members alike, but you have to be realistic. He is not the same golfer. He will never be the same golfer. And he will never, ever win another major. And to want it so bad. I, I, I The fans, I could understand. The media members is, or would drive you nuts. And, you know, guys who cover the sport, the experts around it. I mean, I, I guess some people would say that, you know, Tiger's the odds on, or an odds on favorite. One of the top favorites because of the, you know, people love to bet him. But the media gets sucked in as well. They can't They can't get enough of it. Can't get enough of Tiger Woods. He's going to compete. He's going to be a top. Th- Sunday, Tiger Woods at the Masters, he's going to be there. Well, that's not going to be the case. You hope the Tiger's there tomorrow. Can he make it there tomorrow? Right now, four over, and he's playing the 15th right now. He is... Uh, uh, looking for an eagle here. And boy, that would be something, wouldn't it? Uh, I mean, it's <laughs> looks like he's got a long putt to do it. But you get the point. It's over for Tiger Woods. It's been over for a long time, and I'm just curious when other people are going to start to realize that. It's okay to root, but you got to be realistic. I mean, in 2014, I wasn't telling you the Mets were going to compete for a playoff spot. Or 12 or 13, for that matter. 
And Tiger with a, a feeble attempt at this eagle that we just mentioned, not even close to the cup. Should be a birdie for him, but uh, not close with that uh, with that putt for eagle. Looking to get himself to three over and remain in the hunt to remain, uh, you know, in the tournament for the weekend. 800-321-0710, We'll do some baseball next. We got the Yanks taking on the Orioles tonight at 7. Uh, it's CC Sabathia versus Kevin Gussman. So, you know, the Yanks looking to rebound after last night's loss. But more importantly, the talk about D.D. Gregorius and Manny Machado. And I, I just, I just don't, for, I for one do not understand it. Get into the Mets as well and the bold statement that they made yesterday. Not only you know, doing the talking on the field, but off of it as well. Mets tickets to give away, so a lot to do. Just getting started here in the sports zone. It's Sal Licata filling in for Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. In for Pete, here's Sal Licata. So Tiger ended up birdieing the 15th. He's now through 15 at plus 3. It looks like the projected cut line is going to be plus 5. So maybe, maybe, and we don't know. Again, that's the projections. Maybe Tiger could make the weekend, but still... You get the point. 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710. Mets tickets to give away. We'll do that next hour. Next hour, we'll also talk to former Met Bobby Ojeda, who's got his own podcast going on. He's a good baseball analyst. We'll get some insight to him on both the Mets and the Yanks. That is at 7.05. We'll do more golf a little bit later in the show at 8 o'clock and also do some, you know, it's WrestleMania weekend. I know producer Mark is not into this at all, but it is a big deal, which I guess starts tonight with the Hall of Fame. Obviously, uh, I'm not going to be watching that. I'll be doing this and uh, working at SNY a little bit later, but you could always watch that on demand anyway. But we'll do some more of that at 8.35 as well. And there's a big um, Andre the Giant piece that's coming out on HBO. HBO's got a big weekend, too, uh, or a big week ahead. Joe Paterno special. Have you heard about that, producer Mark, the Joe Paterno special? That yes, I heard about it. Yeah, so that's airing, I think, tomorrow night. So make sure you set your DVRs, or you know, if you're just around, watch it live. Uh, I and mean, who watches live TV anymore? And then Tuesday, next Tuesday, they have the Andre the Giant documentary. Uh, so we'll get more into that uh, a little bit later on uh, as well. You know, the Yanks taking on the O's tonight. Yanks, uh, been yeah, look, they're, they're whatever so far. I mean, they've been fine. Splitting the two with Toronto, crushing the Rays as expected, losing last night, which you wouldn't expect to the Orioles. And it's been a little bit of this, a little bit of that. They'll get it turned around. couple of things before we get into the Machado nonsense. The pen has been an issue. And I think if you're a baseball fan, you should have been able to understand that there's a chance that just because the bullpen last year was so lights out and so dominant and so terrific that it wouldn't necessarily repeat that performance because if you're a baseball fan, you know... That what? Bullpens are year-to-year. Regardless of who's in there, for the most part, bullpens are year-to-year. And the Yankees' bullpen was built, or the super pen was built, on Dellen Batantas and Araldis Chapman. Then they added the guys to that. And last year, Chapman showed signs of wear and tear. I mean, he missed, uh, what, a month of the season. Again, had to pitch deep into the postseason, so you worry about how he's going to bounce back after what he did when the Cubs won the World Series a couple years ago. But Tances was so bad, he couldn't even be used in the postseason by Joe Girardi a year ago. And Batances to uh, seems to have continued that poor streak on this year. I mean, a guy can't throw a strike, can't hold a runner on, can't field his position. Uh, other than that, I mean, it's great. Yeah, yeah, four-time All-Star. Looks great. And then you've had, and this is what happens, okay? 
Then you had a night like last night where Tanaka was dealing, and he looks terrific. And you know what? Maybe my concerns for Tanaka over the last several years since the you know, the partial tear and the UCL or whatever it was, and he pitched through it. I always concern about it's going to fall apart, and you know he's going to uh, at some point struggle. Uh, but he has he's been fine, and he's been doing it so long now that he just pencil him in. He's a good number two, clearly behind Luis Severino. But then you had a night where okay, he, you know, Judge hits the home run, puts you up one nothing. Tanaka dealing in the seventh inning, and he gets beat by an Adam Jones home run. It happens, okay? Adam Jones, two-run homer. Then they go to the pen after Tanaka got an out and then allowed another base hit. And Chad Green, the one guy, the one guy who you can trust in that bullpen so far this year, been lights out. I mean, striking out everybody. He gives it up. This after, you know, Canely gives it up. And after Robertson gives it up at different points to start this early season. So one night it's Patances, one night it's Robertson, one night it's Canley, and now Green gets into the mix. And that is how the bullpen goes bad. Throw on top of that, you got Sabathia starting tonight. You hope he could get you through, I mean, at least pitch into the sixth inning, but now you're getting to the back end. You just had Severino and Tanaka. Now you're in three, four, five spots on the rotation. And Sonny Gray with a short outing last time out. Sabathia battles, as always, but he wasn't great last time out in Toronto. And Montgomery, you know, he's got to prove that he could pitch deep into games. So what that does now is a bullpen that's already been taxed and that's already been ineffective now is looking at the starters 3, 4, and 5 taking the mound, and you could be used even more so. And they're going to have to get the job done. So the pen is certainly an issue. The other thing is Giancarlo Stanton, for a guy who was the NL MVP last year, and believe me, I'm a Mets fan, so I've watched the NL East. I've watched Giancarlo Stanton plenty. I know what he is. Maybe Yankee fans are going to learn what he is. And when he hits, I mean, when he hits them, when he makes contact, they go. I mean, they're missiles. He's hit three of them this year. Two of them absolute bombs. His first one of the year was probably the lightest, and even that was an opposite field shot. But the other two were just ridiculous shots that really... I mean, only guys like Stanton and Judge can hit. But when you watch him like he was the other night, and even last night, it was 0-4 last night with a strikeout, but that last at-bat that he struck out, and I mean, he's not even close. He looks overmatched. You know what he looks like? He looks like he's guessing. And if he guesses right, he clocks it, and it just goes into orbit. But when he doesn't, he's check-swinging, he's... 10 miles behind the fan. I mean, he's 10 years behind the pitch. He can't. A fastball. I mean, you should be able to hit a fastball. And he's not even close on some of these. And we've seen it with the Marlins. When he gets bad, he gets into a real bad funk. Now, when he gets hot, he's as hot as anybody. And he's going to hit you multiple homers. He's going to hit, yeah, he could 10 homers a week, maybe. But the idea that John Carl Stanton is some great hitter, I mean, uh, he's not a great hitter. He's a great power hitter. But he's going to strike out a ton and drive you nuts. And when you couple that with a guy like Aaron Judge, who judges, I mean, Judge is going to get on base. He's patient. He takes a lot of walks. Good hitter. Could go the other, you know, go the other way, obviously, with power to all fields. But he's going to strike out a bunch, too. And Sanchez has been ice cold to start the season. Outside of D.D. Gregorius, I mean, the Yankees are a lot of all or nothing. Now, you're going to throw in Neil Walker, who you know didn't come through last night with the bases loaded uh, and two outs in the ninth. He's had a couple of base hits, uh, but you know Neil Walker's not a special hitter. Outside of DD, the Yankees have an all-or-nothing lineup. 
Gardner showed he could give you clutch at bats a year ago in the post. Hey, he's been doing that for a long time, but last year specifically in the postseason, I, I get that. But really, DD is the guy who carries that team. He to me, he's their MVP. He show how many times you got to show it against lefties in the clutch against aces like Corey Kluber. I mean, doing it in elimination games, doing it again this year to start the year. And yet the talk is about Manny Machado potentially replacing him when he becomes a free agent. Tiger just bogeyed 16, so he's at plus 4, projected cut plus 5. Uh-oh. But why the talk about Manny Machado for the Yankees next year? I, another shiny new toy. It's the last thing that they need. They didn't need John Carl Stanton, and they don't need Manny Machado. I get that you want to you know, amass as many great players as you possibly can, and yeah, why not put a Hall of Fame All-Star lineup out there? But if it means moving Didi Gregorius out of his position, then it's the wrong move. I said it the other day on SNY, and I will say it again with conviction. I would rather have D.D. Gregorius on my team than Manny Machado. Give me all the numbers you want. Show me all the highlights you want. D.D. Gregorius, to me, is a much better fit on this Yankees team than Manny Machado would be. There's nothing D.D. hasn't done. He's played great defense. He's taken over for a legend. He has done it in the clutch in the postseason, and he's done it in this city for that franchise. I mean, what more does he have to prove? He's a great player. He's the most underrated player in the sport. And you're considering moving him? I don't care for who. I don't care if Jeter comes back in his prime. You're not moving Didi off a short. Uh, maybe you could get him to play third if you throw you know a ton of cash at him. I'm sure that Machado wouldn't mind. You know he was a third baseman for years, and they just moved to short this year. Wants to play short. I get it. I'm sure he would play third if the Yanks offered him a boatload of cash and the most money on the market. I'm sure that that would be the case. It has happened before. But I mean the Yanks and they're churning out prospects left and right. They're signing guys you know at great values. They're bringing in, they're making trades for guys like Drury. I mean, they got Torres and Andujar in the minors still. At what point does it end? You don't need Manny Machado. Go get some pitching. They need pitching. They bring in uh, they bring in John Carlos Stanton because he basically fell into their lap. I mean, Jeter basically gave it to them for nothing. Here, just take on the contract. But he was essentially the same players they already had. Watch him in left field. He's going to be a liability. If you're asking me would I rather have Machado or Stanton, the answer would be Machado, for sure. Put him in third, and away you go. But they don't need D, uh, They don't need Machado, especially at the expense, potentially, of Didi Gregorius. It just makes absolutely no sense. 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710. We'll do some Mets on the other side. Keep you updated on Tiger and the Masters as well, but it's not looking good. Right now, the drama surrounding Tiger is Willie or won't he make the cut? Willie or won't he make the cut for the weekend? So we'll keep you up to date on that. Mets tickets to give away as well. And some Knicks news that we want to get into. So it's the Sports Zone. Take it on 9 o'clock. Sal Akata in for Pete McCarthy. The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. Segment number three. We've already checked off the Masters. We've already checked off the Yankees. And now we get to the Mets. And 
We talked about it uh, earlier in the week with Pete, and this is a huge series here with the Mets. Uh, forget the weather, and now all of a sudden it sounds like the weather is not going to be as bad. Did you hear that too, Producer Mark? Have you gotten the latest updates? I have not. Okay. Well, you're off tomorrow anyway, so you don't care. It's uh, the, the latest is that, you know, the other day I come in here, I was talking about how awesome the series is going to be, and everybody was saying, oh, oh the game's going to get snowed out. It's not going to be a Saturday. Well, now it sounds like there is, in fact, or at least a potential for the game to be played tomorrow. I am going on the assumption that this three games... Go ahead, Producer Mark. Yeah, it looks like 20% chance of rain tomorrow. Right, so that's not as bad as the blizzard that was supposed to take down Washington. Yeah, and, the snow's uh, coming here. Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, I'd rather it be here than there. Who knows if the Yanks get their game in, but both teams scheduled for 1 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, Yanks also 1 o'clock Sunday. Mets the Sunday night game with the Nationals. I am proceeding uh, as if there is going to be a three-game series, and that means it's a huge, huge final two games. It was a, a big series to start with because you want to send a message, right? And I'm not the only one saying that. The Mets themselves have said that. The Nationals are the team to beat. They've won the last two divisions. Mets weren't on their level the last two years. 2015, a different story, but we're years removed from that. This year, early on, Mets playing well, want to send the message now. Now. Not lose two out of three and say, okay, well, maybe we'll get them next time or we'll wait to see where we stand. It's a good barometer right now. And they go in there against Strasburg and they light him up and they beat up on the Nationals with or without Daniel Murphy. And I don't care about, I don't want to hear about Murphy. I don't want to hear about Weeders. Nobody's crying for the Mets injuries last year and nobody was saying that before the season. Who said before the season, oh, well, you know what? The Nats aren't going to have Murphy for the first few weeks. I'm going to pick the Mets to win the division. Nobody said that. All you heard was, aside from me, the Nats are going to win the division. Maybe the Mets will win the wild card. Maybe the Mets will compete for the wild card. So let's not make the injuries an excuse now, all of a sudden. Just for the record, I understand it's very early. Six games into the season. But... I picked them to win the division before the season started. So obviously, I love what I see through six games. Five and one is better than all the other alternatives. Four and two, any way you slice it, five and one is good. And doing it against the Nats, against Strasburg in their home opener. Now, though, the true test begins. Because they have to find a way to beat the Nationals with Steven Matz, or with Matt Harvey, or with both. One or the other, or both. And I think you're really going to you're gonna learn about Mets from a combination of things. Not only are you taking on the Nationals, but it's off of an unacceptable start in his first start of the year, in a year where everybody is expecting him, I should say everybody within that organization, some outside of it, like myself, expect him to take that next step and be that third guy behind DeGrom and Syndergaard. Fell flat on his face, game one. What's he going to do game two? Can he atone for game one? And it would be more than atoning if you do it against the Nats and get a win in there in that ballpark against that team. As for Matt Harvey, it's the opposite. Everybody's excited because Harvey won five scoreless. Oh, five, Matt Harvey. Wow, five scoreless against the Phillies. Well, guess what? He's stepping up in competition. Sunday night, the stage is going to be bright. All eyes on Matt Harvey. A-Rods included. Everybody's going to be watching Matt Harvey take on the Nationals. Sunday night baseball. You have the team to beat in the division. You have the national spotlight to go out there and perform. Can Matt Harvey compete with the best of them? Like he used to. 
We know if this was 2015, 2013, we know Matt Harvey would be the guy to have on the mound in that spot. You want Matt Harvey. You want him against Bryce Harper. Do you want Matt Harvey Sunday night against Bryce Harper? I do not. I don't believe. Now, I haven't believed in Harvey after last year, after the last several years. He made me look like a fool, quite honestly. I mean, if you don't know, I wrote a rap song and performed it a few years ago about Matt Harvey, before the 2015 season. That's how much I loved him. And he was great that year. But he's never been the same since Game 5 of the 2015 World Series. And I was believing that he would get it turned around. And I was buying into the hype before spring trainings. And I was, they, this is it. No, this is going to be the year. All right, this is going to be the year. Much like a lot of people still do eight, nine years later with Tiger Woods. Matt Harvey is my Tiger Woods. Well, I stopped it after two years. Now I realize, you know what? He is what he is. But maybe I was foolish. Maybe Mickey Calloway and Dave Island and the walk year, maybe that could all come together and get Harvey to be close to what he once was, or at least be at his new best. But we'll see. But I'm not going to buy in until I see him do it against a team like the Nationals. Not the Phillies for five innings. Give me six against the Nats like DeGrom did yesterday. Battle. Doesn't have to be scoreless. Go win a ball game. Six plus, less than three runs. Can he do that? Does Matt Harvey have that in him? I'm not so sure he could even make it out of the fourth inning against this lineup. Based on what we've seen the last two years. So it is a huge, make no mistake, a huge weekend for the Mets early in the season. It is a week and a day old. They've only played six games, but this is a big, big series for this team. Need to figure out a way to win one of these next two ball games. And if they ever swept them, you know, maybe they don't look back. It has happened before. Don't want to compare this team to 1986, but in 1986, the Cardinals had the Mets number for years. I mean, they were battling atop the division. You know about that with St. Louis. And the Mets went in there in April, and I think it was the 10th and 11th. uh, I think it was either the 10th or the 11th game of the year. And the Mets were a little slow starting in 86, but they swept the Cardinals' four-game series in St. Louis and never looked back. Not saying that that's going to happen even if they do sweep the Nats, but it could happen. You never know. It's better than the alternative. And you have to love not only, you know, what the players have said and have talked about, you know, Conforto saying we'd like to pretend that it's like every other series, but it's not, obviously. Or, you know, Jay Bruce talking about, yeah, it's you know, a little more, you know, when you're going against a team that's the best in the division, you know, it's, it does mean a little bit more. Well, how about the manager who's new in town? Mickey Calloway, the skipper, is new to this rivalry. What does he think? Do these games mean any more than any other games? Yeah, I mean, I, I would hope they think that. Um, we're going to go out there and we're going to play um, as hard as we can every day. We're going to play baseball the right way. And if we do that, then, then they probably do need to worry about us. So, uh, you know, it's, it's good to get off to a 5-1 start in that regard. And talking about the Nationals, if they should be concerned about the Mets and Callaway admitting, yeah, you know what, they should be. If we keep playing this type of baseball, they should be concerned. And you know what? He's right. It's refreshing to hear them talk about it open and honestly. It has been refreshing to watch the accountability, the team chemistry, and the team confidence, and it has all played out through six games. Now, you need, you know, about what, 92 more? Like that? But it's a great start. Andrew and Islip, you're on the voice of New York 710 WOL. What's up, Andrew? 
Um, I do want to touch upon two things. I want to talk about Stephen Matt, um, but just a quick note about Harvey. I think a lot of it had to do with, obviously, injuries in the past, and that'll get to your head other than um, just, you know, the, the reg- regular mental uh, battle you, you face on the mound. I think he can bounce back, but we'll obviously see. But I wanted to ask about your opinion on how big or short the leash is on Steve Matz into the season. Because obviously there was in question of who between him and Zach Wheeler, who's moving to the bullpen, who's moving to AAA, who's staying in the rotation. You have Vargas coming back, and then you have two guys in Lugo and Zellman who have been perfect so far. So in your opinion, where is your leash if we start to see starts like uh, his first outing? Yeah, I think it's a great question, Andrew. I don't think it's going to be long. Now, you're talking to somebody who's not moving. If it's my team, I'm not moving Lugo or Gazelman unless I absolutely had to. My first option is going to be uh, one of those two. Or, or let's just say Matt's in this example because that's what you were asking about. Matt's down, Wheeler up, and yeah. and go along those lines. Um, is that the only way? I mean, you don't see it, especially since they had Lugo – you know, slated to at least get a start or two, you know, big, you know, weather came into play and stuff like no, that. No, it's not the only way. It would be my way. That would be my okay. – I think I think Zellman and Lugo are weapons in the pen. Now, if they need to start for whatever reason, that may happen throughout the course of the year. They need to spot start for whatever reason. A guy right. needs rest. A guy gets hurt for a couple of weeks, whatever. But in this particular case with Mats, let's say they give him – I mean, I'd probably give him five starts. But I do think okay. – I, I, th- I do think, Andrew, it depends on – the quality of those starts. Let's say he goes, you know, two innings tomorrow and gets beat up. Now all of a sudden those five become a little bit less because you can't keep putting him out there if he can't get you through, you know, the game. He's got to be able to pitch right. decently. So I think each start should be evaluated separately, but I'd give him at least a few, probably five, before I started thinking about sending him down. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I'll tell you what, I went to the game he pitched, and I could say he felt he looked in control for the first batter. And that is about it. That from from there on out. Yeah, and you know what the problem. You know what the problem is, Andrew. And thank you for the call. Appreciate you checking in. The problem with Matt's is that he's in his own head right now. I don't know if he's reading the papers too much or watching or listening to whatever. He he's he's too much outside of what he needs to be worried about. He's got to focus and trust himself to do the job. It's almost like he's. And maybe not, you know what, maybe it has nothing to do with reading the papers or listening to anybody. Maybe it's just he knows what has happened the last several years. And he's frustrated by it, immensely frustrated by it. You could tell. He's, he said it, and you could tell by watching his body language. He's clearly frustrated. He knows he's better. He knows he should be better. And he can't understand why he's not better. Especially now that he feels healthy. So that's not an excuse anymore. You could use that as an excuse in years past, especially last year. We didn't know it at the time. It was the last year was the first time that we saw Mats take the mound healthy, or at least appeared to be healthy, and get battered. Because every time prior to that, he took the mound, he was pitching great. I mean, he was pitching like a guy who belonged at the top of the rotation. Now, the problem was he didn't do it enough. He would do it for four or five games, and then he'd get hurt. Or do it for three games, and then he'd get hurt. Last year was the one time where you thought, okay, he's healthy, and then he was getting tattooed. And then you find out later that he was hurt. We're going to find out now whether that was poor performance or whether it was injury-related. Because now there is no issue with injury. He's clean. He's healthy. He has said it himself. It's the best he has felt going into a season. And he pitched lousy in his first start. They, they will not 
put up with many more. Not when you got a guy like Wheeler itching to get back here. Now, Wheeler's got to produce in the minors, but they have something else in the tank. And if Mats isn't getting it done up here, you can flip-bop him for a start. Send the message to Mats. Guess what? Nobody's untouchable. you got to go back down there and work on some things. And then maybe we'll call you back up. Or maybe instead of bringing Wheeler up, if he's not performing, maybe they do move Lugo from the pen to the rotation. Again, I look to keep Lugo and Gazelman in the pen as long as they possibly could because those two, those two are weapons for this team. Big-time weapons that can build a super pen that is going to help them win a lot of ball games. That doesn't mean he can't start a game every now and then, but I don't want to make it a, a constant thing. Vargas, when he comes back, he's going to stabilize a little bit. You're going to have him. He's not going to be the dynamic three that you hope either Harvey or Matt can be, but he's going to be a stable three behind Noah and DeGrom and in front of Harvey and either Matt or Wheeler. I'm not giving up on Matt yet. Let's see what he does tomorrow. Two starts, I think, is a little more than fair to evaluate for now. Not saying you got to, you know, demote him after the second start. Let's just see what he does tomorrow before we overreact to the one lousy outing. And I think once Matt gets over the hump, you know, maybe Dave Martinez should pull out those camels, hand it over to Mickey, uh, Mickey Calloway, let him get it out there for, uh, for Matt. Cause I think once Matt gets over the hump and has a good outing, he'll start to dry be- humping. He'll start, he'll start to believe in himself again. Once Matt's has that good outing, he'll start to regain that confidence, and then I think it could be all smooth sailing from there. But he's got to have that first. Hopefully, it'll be tomorrow. 800-321-0710. We'll take your calls. We'll update you on Tiger Woods and the Masters. we got Bobby Ojeda coming up at 7. Want to get to some Nick stuff as well, so a lot more to do here in the Sports Zone. Take it on 9 o'clock. Salakata in for Pete McCarthy. And Mets tickets to give away as well. How can I forget that? The Voice of New York, 710 WOR.